It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Today, the topic of discussion is Birdland and the effort to save it. joined by Gianni Valenti, the owner, and Jim Caruso, a producer, a booker, and host of the cast party at Birdland, and the incredible event that took place recently that was a fundraiser through a GoFundMe effort to keep Birdland's doors open and never close. And 6,000 people came to the rescue, and we're going to talk about that event with Gianni and Jim today. I'd like to start in speaking with Gianni, if you don't mind. Well, the fundraiser was the idea of Jim Caruso, Susie Mosier, Tom and Michael Dangora, and Tim Guinea. Uh, they came to me after they'd had us, the three, uh, not Susie or Jim, but the three others that I mentioned, and they, I know that Jim and Susie, being that they're resident artists with us, Jim has been with us for over 18 years. Hi, Jim. 18 years. Susie's been with us a couple of years, and we were constantly in touch during the summer where I was personally paying the rent, utilities, insurance, and partial payroll and knew that it couldn't go on much longer. So they suggested that perhaps maybe we do a GoFundMe page. I had never been in one before, obviously, and thank God. And they said that they would handle it and leave it up to them. And lo and behold, not only did we reach our goal, we surpassed it, which is nothing but a godsend to know that Birdland will be here through the summer and into the fall with the help of those five individuals. Well, it's absolutely stunning that people came to the rescue, if you will, because you're such a beloved institution. New York without Birdland, it's just sort of, eh, it's not quite the same. I, I was particularly impressed to see the vast number of people that came to the support of Birdland. Uh, and, and I think it shows how much you're loved appreciated and really an important part of everybody's life in, in the musical world and in the world of entertainment in general. Well, it is very heartwarming to see the outpour of love and support that the arts community gave to Birdland. But I might add that it also gave hope to other venues, artists, and staff employees that are part of this industry. It is so beautiful to see that Live music is dearly wanted in New York. It is the backbone of New York City. I think it is part of our environment 
And if a club such as Birdland were not to survive, I think that it would send horrible messages throughout the industry. So it was so important, not only for myself to keep it strong and let people know that we're going to be there till the end, but the fact that everybody also was on board is really beautiful. It well, is I think indeed. Too, you, you said that the community was supportive, but this was so much bigger than the community. This was, I mean, last I looked, it was like 5,500 donations came through from all over the world. I'd look yeah. and I'd see d languages we don't understand and countries, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable worldwide outpouring of love and support for a music room, which is really, I mean, that's extraordinary in itself. So let me ask you, Jim, leading into this, before we get too headlong into the uh, the benefit and the event that you recently executed and produced, what had been going on of uh, recent days leading up to this? I know that New York still has strict measures, and you weren't even physically open to have people come in. Is that correct? That's correct. We, we. Johnny closed the room at the beginning of March when the pandemic was hitting and the shutdowns were all happening. And except for about 10 days in December, when we were, it looked like we were allowed to, well, we were allowed to open for indoor dining for a short amount of time for 25% of an audience, we've been completely shut down. So that's, that's almost a year of no business, but still having to pay rent and electric and insurance and all of the things that, you know, people don't think about in a business, but they sure think about it when they have to do it themselves. I have to pay rent for my apartment. I haven't made a penny, you know, in, in a year. So it's, it's that times a hundred when you have a business. So were you still City. doing some limited things such as either virtual productions? Uh, and I think, Jim, you may have been doing the cast party as well. Well, yeah. Uh, Ryan Patternight, uh, a longtime Birdland staffer and booker and uh, great producer, produced a series called Radio Free Birdland uh, that I helped with that was an online series of jazz and Broadway and cabaret performers that we, we did through broadwayworld.com. They sold the tickets, they did all of the, the, you know, the technical work and uh, Ryan directed and produced these events and they were just beautiful. And so that was happening, which was nice because it put some money into some of our favorite performers pockets. And I've been doing cast party at Birdland for 18 years, which is essentially an open mic slash variety show every week. And I kind of stormed YouTube in the beginning of the, the shutdown. And this will be, tonight will be my 43rd <laughs> um, episode of Pajama Cast Party. We call it that because people come to us from the comfort of their homes sometimes in their pajamas. Uh, so it's really, it's, that's been a blast and really a godsend for me personally, it gave me something to do. It gave me a reason to, to uh, get up in the morning and to uh, 
you know, comb my hair. There you go. But obviously, even though those efforts were put into place, Gianni, that it, it didn't compensate or bring in enough to cover the rent and the expenses. And I, I think that's something that people overlook, just the, the sheer uh, brick and mortar costs of something, let alone producing onstage acts uh, and having people in uh, the, the club itself. But you were, from what I understand, it, it was costing you about $50,000 a month just to keep the place with the lights on and the heat and air going. That's true. You know, the, the uh, New York City rents and all the other things that go along with businesses in New York, we're at a high rent area in Times Square. There are bills that need to be paid, taxes that need to be paid. So when they did offer the 25%, as Jim mentioned, we gave it a shot for about nine days in the theater, but we found that at 25%, we couldn't make ends meet. It actually cost us money. And I might add, it also cost us money to prep the room to make it COVID uh, safe for regulations that they require for filter systems. We redid the carpeting. We redid curtains, we redid bar finishes, uh, floors, polished floors down. So we were COVID safe because we're very conscious of that. That costs money, but at 25%, like you said, you can't meet those bills in New York. It's, it's nearly impossible. And the other thing that the governor did that was not very helpful was we were not allowed to advertise the artist, nor were we allowed to charge a music charge or a minimum. So anything that you did make on food or beverage all went towards paying the artist. Hmm. So it was a very difficult challenge. So it's kind of like the, the old phrase or saying goes, you're all dressed up, but no place to go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's true. When we finally reopen for real, Birdland will be the cleanest place on the planet because John goes there every day and touches up paint and uh, tweaks, you know, the, the bar finish and the f kitchen floor. And, you know, once, once we get this thing open, it's got to be the, the healthiest, cleanest place to be in town. No doubt, uh, since uh, nobody has been there to disturb any of the molecules <laughs> or bring in any uh, dirt and germs, etc., but it's on the other side of the, the coin, it's quite sad that there has been nobody in the building. And, and that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure, very difficult. It must be, Gianni, a, a difficult place to come into. I saw a video of you when you were promoting this Save the Birdland effort of you coming in and turning on the lights, etc. And there's nobody there. What a strange feeling that must have been. Well, I have to, I have to say that one of the low points of my, my entire career at Birdland for 35 years was I did go in on Christmas Eve because I had nothing to do. So I went in to do some paperwork and I sat there at the, on a bar stool and I looked around at a room that normally was full of people having a great time, music going. We'd have Freddie Cole there, God bless him. Jim Caruso's cast party downstairs. And remind you, five shows a night at Birdland. And over the holiday, 
decorations, people festive mood. I sat there and I think that that was my low point during this last 10 months. I sat there and just could not believe that I was sitting in a club that's normally full of life and music and I had nothing. I sat there just thinking, I cannot believe after 35 years, the 35th year I'm sitting in this club alone. It was very, very hard. And, and I'm sure it may have been one of those situations where you may have lost a lot of sleep uh, after looking at a lot of red ink on the paper instead of black ink uh, when it came to the numbers. Did you at any point, Gianni, ever honestly feel like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to sell this place? Well, you know, it's so funny you should say that because I spoke to Danny Meyer from the Jazz Standard who decided to close up. And other people said to me, I said, well, we'll be opened in the spring, coming this spring. We have a vaccine and all. And people would say to me, you're not going to have live music in 21. You might have it in 22 if you're lucky. So I kept thinking, is it worth waiting and paying monthly these bills and how are we going to recoup this money even when we open is it worth opening but i have to tell you that those thoughts came to me but i have a deeper commitment and an obligation to artists to my employees and to music and to the city and i decided that i would pull out all stops and hang in there and keep it going and fight. I just needed to do that. I just felt like I gave my word to Doris Parker years ago that I would do it for 50 years. Well, I have 15 more years to go. Well, that's good. And I hope that uh, those will be excellent, productive, and wonderful years that will create those memories that you can have when you're sitting in the old recliner rocking back and forth and, so, <laughs> and not have well, any regrets. I think too, the support of the community and the world in this uh, GoFundMe and the subsequent online telethon, if you want to call it that, has been so invigorating for Johnny, the club, everybody that works at the club. I mean, I think if if he decided to call it quits now, the, there would be a there would be turmoil. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. I don't think it's going to happen because it's he, been a real shot in the arm. And and I think at the heartbeat and the core of everything that's been going on, both of you are passionately, and as, as I'm sure some of your other staff too, committed to keeping Birdland alive and keeping it going. Yeah. Uh, I think that that I think that that's the point that we have to look at is the fact that live music, the artists, uh, they need Birdland. Birdland is an important part of their careers, of all the listeners. I don't whether or not you like country, if you like pop, if you like jazz, live music is who we are. And I think that for me, it is what makes me go. It's it's my heartbeat, and I need to do it. And I would sacrifice everything personally to make sure that the club and my employees that we carry on. How did this Save the Birdland effort come about? There was a producer, Tom Dangora, 
How did uh, that association develop? Had Tom been a part of the staff uh, or the production efforts prior to this? No, Tom was, you know, one of our great customers. He's a fan. He's a music fan and a theater fan and a theater producer and um, has been certainly around our community for many, many years. He sent me a picture a few nights ago of the two of us at a cast party from before Birdland when we were at the Ars Nova Theater. He must have been like eight years old. Uh, I was a hundred, uh, but it's, it's hilarious to see us so long ago. And here we are working together again. Uh, but he, he came to us and, and we were thrilled because we knew of his great success with uh, the GoFundMe for the West Bank Cafe, which also had a telethon that went on for hours. I mean, it was incredible. So he offered to do the same for us and we, we accepted happily. Was it difficult to put all this together? And did you go in with a blind faith trust that he would be able to pull this off? Well, I I said he could pull it off. I I had no doubts. And I figured between his expertise, his partner, Michael's uh, really brilliance in editing and creating these film, really little films, little pieces of wonderful music videos and stuff. This was not just a turn on the camera and go. He, they created some really spectacular moments. So I had no doubts that he would do a beautiful job. Plus their expertise and our, the range of talent we can get through Birdland and certainly through Tim Guinea, who brought a lot of great talent to the video. We had everyone from Wynton Marsalis to Whoopi Goldberg to uh, Kermit the Frog to President Clinton. I know, it was amazing, the lineup uh, that he put together. uh, When he sent a news release out uh, that we received, uh, I'm starting to read through this, and it was a list of, like, who's who in the world of entertainment. Uh, These were significant people that I think showed to you probably the love and adoration they have for Birdland. You know what? When When I could hear Bill Clinton talk about Birdland or Whoopi, or Winton playing for us, uh, the people that did appear, uh, it is overwhelming to know, number one, the love they have for the club, the knowledge that they had about the club, and the care that they have for music to continue. I have to say this GoFundMe was something that was interesting to me because I felt with that team that came to me, the five of them, I felt that they probably would be able to do a pretty good job being that the West Bank Cafe is more of a New York City institution, whereas Birdland is worldwide. And I felt that uh, with their expertise, getting the name out Birdland, I thought that, yes, we'd have a good chance of of raising the money and surviving. So I, I gave them my complete confidence. I put the club in their hands and they, they just came out beautifully with it. Well, and, and your goal was set originally at $250,000, right. but uh, through the period of time, I mean, even uh, as, as late as this morning, uh, there was 404,000, almost, almost $405,000 raised. 
And it's still going on, is that correct? Yeah, they, they thought that it'd be wise to just put it up there for people that weren't able to see the fundraiser, for the word that gets out. Um, and truthfully, uh, that money uh, will hold us off through October, which is an important point because we pray that October will be 50% occupancy, if not more. I don't feel that I could open without at least 50%. So with the 10 months running me between 40 and 50,000 a month, that we're close to staying uh, on, on target through October. So Jim, uh, is this still available for people to see and uh, revisit uh, the episode? Because it was over three hours long. When we first started watching it, I wonder, how long is this going to go on? But it kept getting better and better. It, yeah, it, I wondered that too. Um, <laughs> yes, it is available. You just go to savebirdland.com. And there it is. It's sitting right there waiting for you. And it's really, I mean, the cast is is insane. Uh, Audra McDonald, just the, the biggest Broadway star we could think of. Um, Sting. I don't know if you've heard of Sting. Uh, <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> uh, yeah. There were quotes from Billy Joel and Liza Minnelli and, and uh, performances by jazz icons and Broadway superstars and um, uh, some cabaret singers that will just just thrill you and make you laugh. And um, it's, a, it's such a cool, I guess that's what it is, is it's really cool. It's a cool bunch of uh, varied, interesting, unique performances. It was excellently done. Uh, it, it had nice flow to it and production values were very good. You know, sometimes you wonder or you worry about whether or not you can pull off a virtual experience, but this yeah. one worked, and it worked very yeah. well. A lot of people sang from their homes. Of course, we're used to seeing that now. You watch The Tonight Show, and people are singing from their homes. So we're used to that, but there were some great performances from the club. Uh, some people went to their local clubs if they're not if they're not in New York City and did some beautiful video performances all over the country all over the world uh, so it's it's it sure never gets boring it's every three minutes it's something new and completely different and and fascinating and exciting so Gianni while this event was unfolding where were you and were you sitting uh, in an area or standing in an area where you can watch uh, like a rolling tote board going ching 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 You know, it's so funny because uh, none of us got to see any of the clips other than our live performances that we taped at the club. So I had no idea of what Michael was putting together. But like I said, I left it in his hands because I felt very confident so I went to my sister's house on that Sunday night to watch, and she constantly kept telling me, would you stop walking around, pacing, and sit and enjoy this? And I was just a nervous wreck, but I was absorbing it all as I was pacing, and the five of us were texting back, back and forth things that were going on. So it was so enjoyable. It was so uh, much fun to watch it, but yet it was surprising as well because I had no idea of what the show, 
the flow of it was going. Who was going to come up next? Who was performing? So I really, I, it was a first time view and it was so much fun. Well, and you can see in all the performers and the people that were involved in the broadcast or the production itself that there was not only enthusiasm, but there was a genuine love and spirit that was reflected yeah. in each of their yeah. performances, the words they said, and you can tell it was coming from the heart. Yeah. You know, to hear someone like Clive Davis look into a camera and talk about the importance of Birdland in the world, I mean, that's... That's a big deal. And it was it was three hours of being, you know, your heart was just being touched every three minutes by somebody else who who uh, the club and live entertainment in general meant to them. And it, I don't know if we'll ever get over it. The, the, a bunch of us were on a text stream that night. And I would like to look back on those those comments because uh, we were it was about 10 people that were jumping out of their skins and of course sitting alone in their apartments, which is sad, yet it was a joyous night. So Gianni, what was it like for you in, in terms of knowing that you had almost 6,000 donors? Well, you know, I, uh, that was a point that I brought up. I, I mentioned that the people that donate 5, 10, 20, that went out of their way to donate for us showed the love and understanding of what this whole project was for. It's just beautiful to see the number of donors because you could get one donor to throw in $5,000. But to me, the person that took the time because it's we're during a tough time now where money's tough for everyone, took their time to donate five or 10 or $20 is the most beautiful feeling. I had never felt more pride in owning the club in 35 years than I did during watching those GoFundMe people participate in donating and watching that show. I think that over the years, sometimes you take things for granted. You go to the same club, you walk in the door one year after the next year after the next year. But that night on Sunday night, knowing what all those people did for the GoFundMe and to see that show brought me to tears and I was so proud to be the owner of Birdland. It's a way to feel you know, like a part of the world still. We're all still sitting in our apartments but it's a, a really great way to feel a part of a community to let your friends know that you are supporting them and it's you know I love it. I, I'm always happy to be able to do that and it's thrilling to see I'm not alone. <laughs> That's for sure. And the beauty of it is you had over a hundred people in the cast lineup for this uh, particular event and none of them were paid. Is that correct? Uh, they gave of their time willingly and freely. Right. Yeah. I remember making the call to Sting and asking him to send a video. He's in London with a lot of things to do or Elvis Costello. And you think about some of these people that, we asked Bill Clinton. They, they did it because they understand the need for music, for live music, and the support that we have to give, not only to the venues, but to our artists. Artists right now aren't working. They don't have second jobs. They're not uh, techs. 
that can go out and work for a, a tech company or for work for the Verizon. These people are home. They're not working. So we need to give everyone hope and help. So do both of you gentlemen at this point feel that there is hope and optimism for maybe a better future? I do. I'm the eternal optimist. And with Birdland specifically, it's been around for 71 years. No stinking virus is going to get us down without a fight. And I feel the same about New York. New York is, is the comeback kid. And New York and Birdland have always gone hand in hand. Yeah, I definitely feel that there are brighter days ahead of us. I think, of course, we need help from our government, our governor, our mayor. But I do feel, as Jim mentioned, that New York will bounce back, that Birdland will never go away. As long as I know I'm alive, I will fight till the end. And I just want to give hope to all the venues. I want to give hope to our artists that we'll get everybody back to work, hopefully by the fall. I, I pray that it's sooner, but I'm looking forward to the fall. I think you have the support uh, and the love from thousands, obviously, of people that uh, not only care about you, the staff, uh, and everybody, and essentially what is all of what Birdland is about. It, it's an integral part of New York. Yeah, it, it can't exist without New York, and New York can't exist without Birdland. Well, it is part of the uh, landscape of New York, Birdland is. And uh, New York City is the music capital of the world. We need to get all the clubs, we need to get Broadway open, we need to get the venues open, and that's what tourists come here for. 50 million tourists a year come to hear the music and see the shows. It's an important part of New York. And I'm sure that, as Jim mentioned, we will come back and we'll be stronger than ever. Just remember what Herbie Hancock said. I love this quote. He said, to be at Birdland means you've really arrived on the scene. We need to keep the music alive. And that's what it's all about. And I think that even as a venerable shrine, when the hat was passed, it was nice to not only see was it filled, but it overflowed. Yes. What a beautiful feeling, I have to say. Birdland is certainly here to stay and will live on thanks to the efforts of not only you gentlemen, but all of the people that came to your rescue and support. Yes, I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart. And I know Jim feels the same way that we will be there uh, the day they give us the word to open. We will be there. We will bring our artists in, our employees in. We'll spread the word. We're not giving up. And uh, we hope to see everyone soon. Good luck to you, gentlemen, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with Birdland's Gianni Valente and Jim Caruso about the fundraising efforts to save Birdland from closing permanently. For more information about this topic, visit savebirdland.com. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us next week for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, 
and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net. <laughs>